Blog Talk Radio. Cut that off early. We need a new song. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> welcome to another episode of Tough Talk. As always, I'm your host Lucas Biggers. Alongside me will be Sakura Armstrong, as well as Robert Alexander. How's it going, guys? Hey, Sakura, you ready today? Tonight? Well, she was there. <laughs> uh, let me refresh here. See if something happened. Maybe she got booted out, but. Um, we're not going to talk straight ahead about uh, the Gennady Golovkin fight. Of course, that would be um, ideal, and that's what everybody wants to hear about. So we're going to take a little time before we actually get to that. Uh, there are some other great fights. Uh, of the undercards, guys, which one are you looking most forward to? So, to me, the most competitive fight, is going to be um, David Lemieux, Spike O'Sullivan. Um, that's going to be that's going to be the most competitive fight, and I'm really looking forward to that one. However, don't sleep on the on the McGee fight because he's also fighting an unknown, undefeated opponent. And as we know, he got his start being an unknown, undefeated opponent. So don't sleep on that fight right there because what I hear, you know, Cook, his opponent is a, is a valid opponent, and McGee is just coming off of really two fights already this year. Hmm. So both uh, of those. Yeah, both of mean... those... Go ahead. Hi, guys. Can you oh, hear me? Yep. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, I was saying we're having bad thunderstorms here, so if I cut out, I'll just reconnect. Um, I like the Sullivan fight. Sullivan and Lemieux. Me I'm too, that's going to be uh, action-packed for sure. Yeah, that's, what I'm, that's mainly what I'm looking for. You know, Lemieux with all that power, I'm thinking, I mean, I, Sullivan's kind of like slippery too, so... I'm 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 interested to see if he's gonna like you know take the the route of like you know brawling or trying to outbox some you. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, great uh, thing uh, about. Go ahead. The, well, I was just gonna say the great thing about that fight is both of them already have losses on their record, so they really don't care about you know, getting another loss and the stylistically, you know, it makes for a great night. I think they're both going to go at it and brawl. Uh, go ahead, Lucas. I was going to say, let's also not forget uh, Roman Chaco Tito Gonzalez. He was the former pound for pound king uh, in a lot of people's eyes, but we can see if he has anything left in the tank or if it is actually time for him to hang it up. Right, and I was saving that for last because I think he's done. I think he's done. He had I, his I'm time. I'm not going to disagree completely because 
in his last few fights, he, he did seem to be on the slide. Each performance is not is dwindling. Uh, Sakura, are you going to mirror that, or are you going to argue the fact that he's actually still in it? No, I, I think it had something to do with the – I'm not going to say that he isn't on the inside of things, but I think it had a lot to do with when he moved up in weight. Um, I just kind of felt like he kind of didn't do that the right way and kind of went up pretty fast and didn't have, like, a tune-up before he went right into this fight that he had. And now he's, you know – Kind of like I, I really wish he just went back down and wait after that happened. Uh, All right, I'm dis- <laughs> I'm I disagree. I have to disagree. The super flyweight is to me one of the premier divisions as far as competition goes, and that's why I think he's done because that competition level in that division, they're throwing guys out there that you haven't even heard of that are making these great fights. Look at uh, the last weekend with the Superfly fights on HBO. That proves my point. They're great fight fighters in this division. So, yeah, he, he moved up in weight, but I think he had to. If he wanted to be the premier number one pound-per-pound fighter, I think he could have uh, remained that status at the Superfly weight and stay there because it's that competitive. So I think really the issue is is just that he had a great run. He is what he is, and it's over for him. I don't think he can come back. I think that knockout, that first loss, got to him mentally, and then the knockout shattered the rest. So and and with the level of competition they have at that division, those guys don't play. I mean, you have to really be on top of your game. Look at Quadros. Quadros is out the game due to alcoholism. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I agree with both, yes. I felt like that's where the problem started. Like, I felt like he was winning and doing well, but then as soon as he moved up and fought heavier guys, which, like he was, like like, um, Rob is saying, with tougher competition, it's kind of like it was too much for him. Yeah, I mean, he definitely overextended himself, took on too much too fast. Um, and you could tell the weight was an issue. I mean, yeah, he was still landing good punches, and down at the lower weights, they would have had more effect. But now he's got guys that can stand up to, you know, his strength and his speed, and it can be matched if not exceeded. And uh, that was his. He can't go any higher. Let's put it that way. And he may have overextended. I, I agree with you, Secure. I think he should have uh, went back down and and stayed there, and uh, you know, tried to become undisputed. Something. But uh, I definitely think he overextended himself. Now, the winner of the uh, David Lemieux versus uh, Gary Spike O'Sullivan fight, uh, that is a WBA middleweight eliminator. Um, Should Golovkin win and should Lemieux win, that's not really a fight I want to see again. (laughs) But uh, Lemieux-Canelo would be okay. I'm not going to deny that fight. Um, or, or Spike O'Sullivan versus either one. I mean, it's, it's new blood at least, so uh, that's interesting. But you you got to admit, guys, it's going to have a lot less umph on it. And that is all assuming that, of course, there's not a, a third fight, but we'll get to that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, I, I think everybody was kind of hoping that, you know, the replacement for Canelo would have been Sullivan. Oh, Sullivan, I'm sorry. But then they went with Matarosian. So I think, you know, a lot of people were a little like let down when that happened because they were kind of hoping that um, they would have been able to bring in the replacement of O'Sullivan. So I think that out of all those matchups that you mentioned, I think that one's the one that kind of like piqued my interest. And a lot of, you know, boxing fans, they, they're saying the same on blogs. But we'll have to see right. what the powers that be want to do next. <laughs> There's going to be different it is. answers to that. But I, I think it was right. mainly because it was, you know, last minute. Um, and why take a big risk and, and risk getting that uh, big money payday against Canelo taken away? Oh, I get the money oh. side of it. I'm just saying that, you know, that doesn't mean that we still didn't, wouldn't have rather, you know, rather have seen Triple G versus O'Sullivan than Triple G versus Matarosian. Right. But Chandler, sure. um, and I agree with you, but that's not um, – you're overlooking another guy on the card who actually was supposed to also be in the mix of having a shot at Triple G last fight out and who they're actually really probably going to try to build upon to face the winner of this fight, and that's Yanni Maguia. Oh, yeah, that's right. They said that the Nevada – Boston Commission thought that he had he was too inexperienced to get right in the ring with Triple G at a time, right? Mm-hmm. And he but proved otherwise. He had to fight Saddam Ali. <laughs> exactly. I and, and I'm sorry, Lucas, we're just going in random order on this uh, whole thing right no, now. Fine. We just throwing uh-huh. all these names out here. But that's how good this card is to me because it has relevant fighters that have question marks and and relevant fights that have question marks that we really want to see. Okay. Well, I got a question for you then, Rob. (laughs) Lucas, you can answer too. Are you more excited about the main card, the main event, or are you more excited about the undercard? Oh, absolutely the main card. The main card, absolutely. Um, Hands down. Hands down. Main event. Yeah, main event. This is this isn't like uh, the one. You know, I, the one had a great undercard. I cared more about the undercard, I think, than the actual main event. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is it's a good undercard, but it ain't that good to make me n- not even care about the uh, I, main event. There, I couldn't care less. I mean, unless it's Deontay Wilder, um, Anthony Joshua. I, on the undercard, I can care less about any other fight right now except this one. And that would never happen. That's one hell of an undercard fight. <laughs> the <laughs> biggest know, undercard right? fight of all time. <clears throat> but um, that leads me to another question for you guys. Is it worth the, the steep price of eighty four ninety five? <clears throat> It's Shakur um, <laughs> clear her throat on that one. Um, I bought it, and it, I bought it, so I have to say yes because if I don't, then I'm calling myself an idiot. <laughs> so, so I have to say yes. Um, but yeah, I was shocked. I was really shocked. 
um, that he that he hit that margin. I don't recall the last one even be the last one. I believe was seventy nine ninety nine, and they owe us a fight. Let's be honest, they owe us a fight. Canelo and them owe De La Hoya and them owe us this fight. If anything, it should have been down to fifty five, sixty five dollar range. To be honest, because they owe us, but it is what it is. It's the way that. May it's the Mayweather effect. I'll say it, and I'll, I'll say it. It's the Mayweather effect. I don't. See Before we start talking about the the main event, though, I wanted to come back to uh, JB uh, Mungi. Um, that he's actually fighting Britton Cook for a junior middleweight title. Uh, actually, the WBO. So he he must be able to have that range and be able to flexibility of moving from uh, junior middle. Up to middle. Um, of course. That's nice height to see. Alone. I mean, his height alone allows him to do that. Let's hope he can stay in that 154 range, though. A lot of people get too big and then. Go ahead. Well, you know, he was severely overweight after <laughs> the last weigh in. You know, and Saddam Ali, it was clear he was severely overweight after the weigh in. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing over there. Um, <laughs> to get him down to that weight, no, I really don't. Hopefully, he passes all his tests. That's all I'm going to say. I think he's just young like that, that he can do that. But, you know, it's it's just so long. You can play those games. Your body, you know, is not going to allow it after, you know, a few more fights. He's not going to be able to do that. But when no, you're young, you're like right. that, metabolism high, you can – you can fluctuate your weight quick, especially males. You guys, you know, you guys got that make me sick, but um, (laughs) (laughs) right. lose weight too fast when you want to, you know, you see results right away, so I'm pretty sure he can can do that since he's that young, and I was going to say, the pay-per-view, I would say I'm okay with the pay-per-view, but I like the movie price even better, so I'm going to the theater to see it for $21. Yeah. Oh, okay, so they're um, idea, they're think. playing in the movie theater for you, Shakur, over out there yeah. in Florida. Yeah, in Orlando it's in one theater, and then over in St. Pete it's in two theaters. Oh, okay. As far That's as I'm aware, cool. I don't have that option. You might. You got. I would check it out. Yeah, yeah. I might. You got to. I used to go. I used to go for um, the Mayweather fights, the the yeah. last uh, several Mayweather fights. We used, me and my dad used to go down there. Yeah, it's fun that way. Hobby. I think. Javi's on the line too. Sorry, Javi. I seen you. I just now seen you waiting. You're waiting there for a minute. Sorry about that. Oh, hey, Javi. No, it's cool. I was just uh, <laughs> listening to the opinions and actually wanted to start. Uh, how you doing, guys? But I do want to start throwing my two cents about Chocolatito because I'm going to have to disagree with my man Robert. I I don't oh, think Chocolatito is done yet. Uh, I like to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, this, this is a great champion, in my opinion. And, you know, yeah, he, the way he lost last time, it was really discouraging for all of us as his fans. But we also got to remember, you know, like uh, at this weight class, he, he he's not really – at his at his best advantage, you know, he he went up in weight. Uh, the competition definitely stepped up as well. And these are lightweights. These are these are guys that are small, so 
this guy's average like a, around a hundred punches around on the regular. So these guys get old on us quick. You know what I'm saying? This is not like the like middle ways or up. You know, they they are a little more economic with their punches. This guys, especially the small guys of this weight class, they get old quicker than the, the middle ways and up guys, in my opinion, because of the wear and tear on the body. But I think we have to see what he has left um, this week coming up when we see, you know, his next fight. That's a chocolatito. Yeah, well, I, absolutely. I just like the way he said his name. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like, yeah, why not? Give him a chance. Like, we'll see what's up with him. <laughs> Still got it in him or not? Chocolatito? How'd you say it? <laughs> chocolatito. That's his name. Roman Gonzalez. That's his little nickname. But the right. thing is, like, you know, this guy, he's been through a yeah. lot of wars. So, you know, let's not forget about this. He's, his style is fan-friendly, but that means that, you know, you, you got to take a couple of punches to land yours, and, you know, eventually that gets to you. I think that's what happened to him, you know. So now we got to see if he really wants to keep fighting or maybe, you know, that's, that's the end of the road for him. Okay. For sure. Right. Fan-friendly fan is yeah. not career-friendly. Exactly. And let me just rebuttal um, real quick. <laughs> I appreciate your opinion. Appreciate your opinion, Javier. But I gotta go, Stephen A. Smith, on you right quick. Uh, Chocolate Tito is Chocolate Tito is thirty-one years old. He's in that that age where it should be his absolute best, tip-top best. Once again, everybody said, and he was top of the food chain, number one pound for pound when Floyd Mayweather left. So for everybody to say that for him to move up in weight to a elite division, which is a super flyweight, which is still, you know, which became an elite division right now. Before he got there, it was unknown, okay? So when he got there, the division took off and is now known as a super fly. HBO took it and ran with it, okay? He did that. Chocolate Tito did that, though. He did that. So for him to step up in that main division and say, I'm the number one pound-for-pound best, you got to win, hands down, period. You got to win. And you got to – so I don't care if the power doesn't translate any of that. You got to find a way to win. And he didn't. So that's that's my rebuttal. Sorry, y'all. I had to do that. It's cool, man. I, 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 it's understandable. You're right. You know, at the end of the day, people like to see results. You know, you have to win. It doesn't matter how you do it ugly, you do it uh, pretty, you you impress people. If you don't get the W, you know, with the fans nowadays, it's like it's not worth it. People will care more about the W than how you fought it or how 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 your performance was. You know what I'm saying? But yes, I agree 100. Exactly. percent Exactly. And I mean, I would say that he would be, you know, it was, he didn't do it right, stuff like that, if the age was creeping up there and and he had some rust and all this and that, I would say that, but it's, it's not. He's really at the age where he should be at his very best. And, and I think he should have another six, seven years if he was really that great. I don't think he has it. I think he's done. That's my opinion, hopefully. But, you know, I'll say this. I'm rooting on him to prove me wrong. I will say that. Right, right. No, right. And, and 
you're right about that. I mean, uh, at thirty at thirty years old, you know, this is him being at his peak. So yeah, I'm I'm also expecting a good performance, but I, we we don't know. So we still have to see if he has something left in the tank to give us those type of fights that he was giving us before his first defeat. Right. Clearly, I was right in the beginning by saying Chocolatito is going to be actually one of the more looked upon fights. Like, hey, we really want to see because there's a big question there. Obviously, is if. <laughs> Right. He's still going to be around in in the boxing game for uh, years to come, but let's uh, go ahead and actually flip it back further and go back to last weekend, guys. I want to talk about, of course, Garcia, Danny Garcia versus Sean Porter. Do you think the right man won? Well, I'll jump in first. You know, yes, absolutely, the right man won. I caught it. I predicted it. I believed in him. I was the only one. No, Hector, I'm sorry. Hector and me were the only two on the team, I believe, that predicted this. Um, Great performance by Sean Porter. But listen, Danny Garcia has to change, period. End of story. It's getting to the point where I believe he can be predictable now. He's going to fight through it. He's going to give a strong showing, but he doesn't have enough to win. And that's the same I thing don't know, I saw last Saturday I mean, night. Oh, he's going to prove it. He got the this proves it. Oh, God. <laughs> this, this, hold on, this, hold on. This fight proves it. This fight proves it, y'all. Sean Porter did take a different style at first, okay? And, and that actually helped Danny out a lot because people didn't really think that that worked for him well then he was able to adjust. So if Danny Garcia already had the edge because the man went with the wrong style, you don't allow him to make that adjustment. You put the pressure on him when you got the chance, and and you try to um win the fight that way. But he, no, he didn't do that. He clearly just kept his same game plan, let Sean adjust and switch, and then he lost the fight. <laughs> Listen here, Rob. One thing is, is for sure, nobody dominates Sean Porter. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, if somebody's dominated so, Sean Porter um, until, this, until this, tell me who will. Who, who dominated Sean Porter? I, I, I don't think no one dominated right. like in a, in a tremendous way where you could tell, you know, it's, it's a one-sided fight. Sean Porter is a no, wild guy. You know, it's hard to control. Yeah, he's a, he's a wild guy, makes stuff dirty. So he's he's constantly looking for that, and when he mixed it up and actually did start to box a little bit, Danny Garcia's freaking confused. So Porter did what he was he's supposed to do, what he needed to do. He fought beautifully. Did, did the right guy win? I don't know. I still saw the draw. I predicted the draw, and I saw the draw. It was a very very close fight. Uh, it was odd for us all three uh, to, to pick a draw. Well, and me, I, Sakura, and Jules all said draw. And damn sure when that belt, final bell rung, I was like, man, my team is good. Three of us picking a draw, which <laughs> right. has never happened before. Right. I mean, usually right. if but, one of us picks a draw, you're up. like, come on, man. They just, we hate to predict draws, but when three of us did it, I was like, man, we, we know what we're talking about. We, we, right. You do, but guess what? You didn't. I'm going to. Rob, come on now. You got to let me have my chance. Right. Come I'm on. Sorry, come on. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead, girl. 
You Go said ahead. that Garcia needed to change up a little bit. But I saw I saw him changing up a little bit. It didn't take him four to five rounds to to warm up. He actually was in the game and was, you know, throwing some shots from the get-go. Like, I gave him – I went back and looked. I had to review the first three rounds because I was like, wow, who did win those first three rounds? And I did end up scoring all three of those for Garcia when I went back and looked at it again. Now, my second point, I'm going to take directly from Danny Garcia himself, his tweet. It says, just watch the fight. I landed almost 50% of my punches, landed more power shots, and made him miss almost 300 punches. Now, he said, I won that fight. I don't know about one, but I did still see it as a draw because some of those rounds were too hard to just be able to say, oh, I give it to, you know, that was definitely a Porter round or that was definitely a Garcia round. So, being all that said, I mean, you said he needed to change up some, and I agree that he probably should add an additional trainer to the team with Angel. Shout out, Angel. But I do feel that he switched it up a little bit because he was more warmer than he normally is when he first, you know, like the first four rounds are usually like him being like really stiff and, you know, not really throwing a lot of shots. So I felt like he was a little bit better on that end on that. But he threw some no really that. Shots. Yeah, yeah. And he he did really well. Um I, I don't see what you saw there, Rob. I don't I don't think he really needs to change too much. Honestly, he probably need to stay at one forty is another thing with weight. I don't think his punches uh, punch power carried up. Um, because some of those no hook, no look left hooks that he loves to land and landed on Porter, <laughs> if they were on some of the 140 guys, would have knocked him out. Here at 147, it was a good shot, not enough to put away Porter, not even enough to put him on his ass. Well, we also got to remember Porter was in top shape, man. So when you when you in tip top shape, you take the punches better. But I'm actually I'm actually happy because. We got, as fans, we got the fight that we deserve. This was uh, top competition, fighting top, top competition. These guys did uh, pretty good. I, I, I thought Donnie was going to win, honestly, because I thought Porter was one-dimensional, but he took me by surprise. When he was just, when he, that, that, he wasn't that wild, he was actually waiting to counterpunch Danny and, you know, just, just biting on, fighting on his back foot a little. I was like, Who's this guy? This is not a Sean Porter that I'm used to see. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and 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 from Danny, one thing that I even though uh, he lost, he got my respect is because there was times where Porter clearly hurt him, but Danny, he he knew how to disguise that. He knew how to how to hide that 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 look on his face, and he held. He put his head down. He showed up the poker face. He never showed no type of weakness or that he was hurt to Porter because there were times when he failed the shot, but he couldn't, Porter couldn't tell because Danny was just poker face. And, you know, those type of things, I got to, I got to respect that. It was a great fight. It was a close fight, but I think the right men won. Porter definitely won that fight by one round and he deserved the win. He put the extra work. He was going more to the body. Uh, He was clearly 
had the, the ring generalship. So I'm, I'm happy with the result. All right, guys, immediate rematch, or do they part ways for a while? Nah, nah, nah. I, I don't want to see a rematch. Definitely not, in my, my opinion. Well, I think Daddy uh, needs to to get himself a different fight, a more winnable fight. He seemed really discouraged, really discouraged, really upset with himself, really upset with boxing in general, maybe. But he, he did seem really upset over the fight. I, I want to see him separate, maybe take a, a tune-up or at least a medium tune-up. Not an elite fight. Take a, take a B guy. Um, oh, man, if he does that, get... you know, they're going to start back with that. He's a cherry picker situation again. <laughs> you know, he can't will, just take but... a B fighter. And you know how they was like already saying stuff like, oh, he lost because that was, you know, that was hard <laughs> well, for him taking those, you know, getting well, those free wins well, and Sarah. Well, guys, know. I, I tell you what. I'll tell you what, in my opinion, I think this was kind of a product of his cherry picking because if he would have, if he would have stayed fighting top competition, I'm pretty sure he would have been more be ready when it was time yeah, to fight Border. Yeah. But due to the fact that now, he was uh, fighting Salkas, you know, you step up in competition and look what happened. Yeah. And uh, now I was one of the people that called him a cherry picker. Look, there's a difference between a B guy. Listen, listen, though. There's a difference between a B guy in your weight class and then picking a B guy in a lower weight class. That's just ridiculous. That shouldn't happen. Okay. But I mean another one forty seven type guy. Somebody that can still you know what? Well, and you know it's what? a fight that's bothering me. Herrera deserves a rematch. Give Herrera his rematch. Thank you. Garcia, Thank Mauricio you. Herrera. But I also was gonna say I was gonna say um Berto as well because he's hanging out there. You know he's not with a, a Danny Garcia Berto fight. That that'd I mean, be to warm uh, up. hell. Victor Ortiz, throw Victor Ortiz in there. Why not? Yeah, why like not? Garcia I'm, Ortiz. It'll be exciting. Uh, Ortiz versus uh, John Molina. Whoever wins that, Danny Garcia can take. Uh, but, uh... Well, Mar- Mar- right, hard to get <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's start on to the main event for this Saturday, something that everybody's uh, very excited for. Uh, and the first thing I want to touch on right away, guys, give me your honest opinion. Is it the meat or is it the juice? Oh my goodness! Both. You guys here? Uh, did you see the video that Teddy Atlas was? Oh my goodness! Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that. Wow. Teddy, Teddy Atlas held no punches. He broke Good. it down lovely. And if you cannot read between the messages, maybe you should be watching golf or tennis. You should be watching <laughs> right. So yeah. what? So what's your guys' answer then? What, what are you saying? I'm saying well, the men among other stuff. things. Yeah, I mean, among other among other things, we we have to come to that conclusion. The reason being, um, other people who eat nothing but Mexican meat have never tested positive. And uh, when <laughs> when he was asked so why he answer. never tested positive, he says because he eats the meat, he doesn't inject it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was uh, I mean, that was Gallo, right? That was Gallo Strada. 
Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was hot right there. He he went right uh-huh. to the deal with that, you know. <laughs> so it seems like an easy out. And look, if it was a, a minimal amount on one test, I would even partially buy it. But it's two tests, and like he says, and and it may just be a bodybuilding thing, or maybe a strategic move. But he is much smaller this fight. I think we can all admit to that. But yeah, what's the likelihood that it has nothing to do with, you know, the situation? Like, what's the likelihood? It, it, it could be a train wreck, likelihood. but it can. Guys, I'll I tell you what. When, yeah. I, when I see the first couple of rounds, and I see the way his punches are landing uh, and what effect they have, that's going to be my confirmation that this man was indeed on something. You know what I'm saying? Because... Uh, okay. So, everybody, so you're holding, everybody inside the game saying he's smaller. Right. So you're holding your opinion to see if he can still keep Golovkin at bay like he did in the first fight, which he didn't do well, I might add. <laughs> exactly. Imagine that. Imagine that. So that's what I'm saying. And, and he landed a couple of solid punches, and no, Triple G ate him. But if Triple G now walks right through them punches, and you can tell Canelo, well, his stamina probably – probably still the same, you know, he, he kind of gasses out by the end of the rounds. But if he don't, if he's not throwing the punches and they're not having the effect that they used to have, then, you know what, I mean, what else can we say? This is confirmed. People inside the game are saying that guy looking smaller than with the way that he was supposed to look on the first fight. So how, there's a lot of things that are not, not if you put it into a puzzle, they're not, they're not placing correctly because it doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't make yeah. sense. Okay. And uh, so, it does so obviously we know where Javier uh, comes from. Javier definitely thinks right. that he's uh, got some pets going on. Right. But Sakura, okay. Rob, I, I yeah. need to hear your thing. Well, yeah, thank you, thank you. Let me jump in. Um, <laughs> it makes sense to me. Okay, it makes sense to me that he's a lot slimmer. Um, looking this time and everything because I think it's strategic. I think he wants to be loose in the ring with Golovkin. He doesn't want to stand still. He doesn't want to um, be as stiff as he was in that first fight. I, I like the fact that he's more loose and weight in this fight going in. I think that's to his advantage. I think that power is still there. That's a non-factor. Um, I'm not going to answer was it steroids or the meat thing because that's a non-factor. It's over. <laughs> the man served his suspension. He did what he did. He made his explanation they lightened the suspension, but they did suspend him for it. There is no proof or argument or anything going back and forth that needs to be handled. This fight is over. This fight is made. It's going to happen. It's on an even playing field that now. It's hard to get past. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fair enough, but like I, I was, t- I haven't cut this conversation earlier. It's not really about the the PED situation. In my opinion, I think it's more the way they went about it, you know. And, and now they upset at, at Golovkin and and his team because they didn't want to take the fight according to his to his um demands. And it's like, man, you was the one that messed up the the, the rematch in the first place. You shouldn't be the one making demands and diva requests. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, I, I, in my opinion, I think this this is only going to affect him, not just the situation, but how he went about it, his whole character about this whole situation. 
I believe Canelo lost a lot of fans because of this. I don't. I do too. That's but, why I can't believe that they have this higher pay-per-view pricing, um, knowing that they already lost, you know, a few fans from this. I mean, only thing I have to say about it is that I I'm not understanding why why they're saying that. Well, that they're advertising it as though it's a you know grudge match and that Canelo is you know really upset with Triple G. I'm trying to figure out like what has he got to be upset about? What is he supposed to be upset with Triple G about? I think I I think he's upset because he thinks Triple G called Vada. Uh, without him knowing. Okay. No, that's not it. <laughs> what it is, guys, is look, at, look at other sports. No, but look at other sports and all the great coaches in those sports. Uh, all the great coaches in basketball and football, they come up with an edge. They come up with something in their mind that pisses them off and should set the team off to motivate the team to go out there and win each and every game, even though they're a heavy favorite. They go out and look for Twitter rants and stuff like that. So so that's why both it is a grudge match because both guys need that extra motivation to perform. Otherwise we get a repeat performance of the first fight. And this is and this is why, because in that first fight what it was was two fighters that were scared to lose. So they wouldn't put nothing up there extra to put anything on the line to jeopardize losing that fight. So now they use this motivation to go ahead and go in to take the necessary risk. It's beautiful to me. Beautiful. Lucas, well, did you hear Rob say other... all of this stuff, Lucas? And then he, Lucas, he, Rob still didn't answer my question. What is it exactly he's supposed to have a grudge against Triple G? He's using it as motivation. He's I didn't pissed ask off you about what he was using it for. I asked you what was it that he's saying is the grudge. Uh-huh. What did Triple G do? Accusing him of cheating. Accusing him of cheating. Accusing him of cheating. He didn't think he cheated. And he thinks he didn't cheat. Um, I was getting ready to say that there was actually more evidence of him cheating um, and and taking stuff. Now, listen to here, okay? Uh, The WBC in the top, I forget it is, top 10, top 15 ranked by the WBC, they Mm. do... Uh, testing, Vada testing. Right. Called the clean boxing program. And guess what? Canelo opted out of that. Why would you opt out of that? And the only right. reason he's in it now is because he got caught. Because he got caught. Thank you. Come on, Thank guys. Let's, let's not be the sheep that says, oh, he didn't cheat. No, he cheated. Okay. And I'm not saying that maybe Canelo and other pe- or Golovkin or other people might not be cheating, but they didn't get caught. I cannot prove any of that other stuff, but come on, guys. Canelo was, was juicing. And you know what? I tweeted out and asked our fans here for heavy bag boxing uh, what they thought. And they were all pretty much in severe demand that he was cheating. Uh, 94%. Whoa. 94 said <laughs> yes. He was doping for sure, whereas only 6% said no, it was just the Mexican meat. I'm so, part of that six. I think because you, you know, <laughs> that hard Canelo fan. I I didn't know that, but I'm not. I'm I'm actually not. But Canelo's <sighs> the reason I got into boxing. Um, 
Uh, got into writing, um, I should say, not into the sport. Obviously, I was way into boxing before Canelo ever came around. But um, so <laughs> it's kind of a love hate relationship with uh, Canelo and myself. But uh, this fight this, going, there's no way he can be cheating now that he is, as you say. Oh, there's still ways. <laughs> right. I mean, but I'm saying for this fight, like, I hate to agree with Rob, but. I mean, at least we know for this fight that the likelihood that he is still doing anything is like zero to none because he's being tested and he's, you know, way smaller. So this may be a more fair fight for us to judge. It very well may be. And I do agree partly with Rob. I do think that uh, him coming in smaller is strategic, but it's also a side effect. It's it's kind of both Um, because I do think he's more aiming for speed and, Canelo's talking all this shit like, I'm going to knock you. He has no plans of knocking out Sadie Golovkin, okay? <laughs> While he was at his peak performance, peak strength, he hit him with everything he had. Yes, he did. And Golovkin walked forward. <laughs> yeah, That's he walked right be like, man, I don't, He is not planning on knocking Golovkin out. This is a strategic and the reason he's going to do that is because he's aiming for speed. Now, he's, he's going to try to be on his horse this whole fight, and he's going to try to simply outbox him, which uh, is another question I was going to lead up to you guys because a lot of people now are just straight saying that Golovkin is a, a very one-dimensional fighter. Would you call him one-dimensional? And if so, how good is that one damn dimension? Oh, I would say no. He's definitely not one-dimensional. He just likes fighting Mexican style, but he showed us in that Lemieux fight that he doesn't have to do that if he doesn't want to. So That's I'm gonna exactly what that. I was going to say, Lemieux, yeah. He, I, he definitely I, gave I, a different look to Lemieux. I agree with you guys, but at the same time, Styles makes fights, and Canelo, Canelo did make him look a bit, a bit like, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, one-dimensional. And I was surprised because Usually Triple G, he he cuts the ring beautifully, but he wasn't doing that on the first fight. He goes to the body like like not tomorrow, and there was none of that in the first fight. So mm. I don't know if it's Canelo style that was neglecting him from doing that, or just you know he he really couldn't adjust at that moment. He that was the, his biggest fight of, of up to date. So probably well, you know yeah. the first got to him. You know that Terry right. Atlas was making the point that he would have Canelo in the corner up against the ropes, and then he would right. kind of like just back out of it. Right. <laughs> right. Like he well, there's a reason for that. In other words, he's yeah. like, okay, I need to make this money fight number two. <laughs> no, one of the reasons say like he was saying it's a little bit of nerves, a little bit of uh, bloodlust as well. He was he was thinking, oh man, I'm trying to kill him too much. I'm not. Not worried about cutting off the ring as as good as I usually do, like uh, like I've been saying. But and and one of the things that you know made me fall in love with Triple G when when I first saw him, it was his ability to put pressure on his opponent without even throwing punches, just constantly throwing, you know, cutting the ring on you, coming forward, forcing you to throw punches, and you know that that wasn't there. So I'm pretty sure he could bring that back to his arsenal, plus the body punches. Plus, Canelo not being in the juice, uh, I'm hoping Triple G wins. <laughs> All right. Well, to answer your question, and I'll rebuttal everything you just said, Javi, right. later when we make the prediction. 
But to answer the question, um, in my opinion, Lucas, yes, Triple G is one-dimensional, but yes, he is damn good at it. Every opponent that he's fought has been um, up to this point, to me, has been a valid opponent in the division. And using that one-dimensional style, he's been able to dominate every one of them. So, yes, he's one-dimensional, but he's damn good at it. That's my answer, in my opinion. Yeah, I've, uh, I've kind of been debating this with myself lately, and uh, I can't say that he's completely one-dimensional. Like I said, the Lemieux fight makes it seem like he can't box if he chooses to. <clears throat> but then again, who has ever put Golovkin on his heels and made him actually fight going backwards? It's not going to happen. He's never had to use it. So for the fact, um, you know. But I did think he was, that. Um, he was Olympian. His, I mean. Um, oh, my goodness. Jacob? Yeah, I did think that he gave him a good test. Oh, he did? He, yeah. So uh, I think, um, he put but, some skills on him. So. And, and not to mention, Jacobs was like probably like a cruiserweight. He was like 180-something that night. But um, yeah, like I, yeah I, I he was. Yeah, he was. Right, and then but I, like I responded to uh, the the heavy bag boxing Twitter, the best chin on the game right now, Triple G man. Listen, that guy, I don't know what his chin is made of, but he could take a punch, no questions asked. <laughs> well, now I, I think, think he can take more than a punch. With him too now, I think, I think he's harder too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd take more than a punch. I think I could honestly hit him with a Louisville slugger across that chin. I don't think he would stumble. Yep. He, he would, he but, would uh, make any of us a, a good boy, so definitely. That guy, that guy could take a punch. That's that. <laughs> the best, the best thing I can say about Triple G and, and the fact that he can take a punch, can he? Yes, absolutely. He can take more than one. But his best attribute is, is when he does take punches like Kale Brook. Let's be honest, early in the fight, in the first round, Vans landed a couple of shots on him. Did no effect. But he doesn't stand in there and try to take him too often. He applies the pressure and knocks the opponent out. Because he knows he no. doesn't want to stand in there and take that punishment the whole fight. And that, to me, is his best attribute. Right, and he right. does have a decent guard. And when he puts it up, though, he puts it up uh, tight. So even when he's blocking punches, it seems like he's getting his shit rocked out of him. It's not always that he is getting hit, but it appears, you know, like he's actually taking some abuse when in actuality he was blocking. Um, he just has that, that awkwardly really tight block, uh, high and tight. And um, I don't know. It just looks like he's getting batted around at times when in actuality really nothing's landing. Um, as you can tell from HBO commentary, but that we could go into a whole different, <laughs> a whole different uh, talk so. about that later on. But um, yeah, but that's the little page is more landing. That's a really good point, Lucas. Yeah, but, it, it um, is. But then against Vans, he did time. say. Yeah, against Vans, he did say, "I was taking shots. This guy was for real. I had to get him out of there." Same with Kale Brook. So those some of those shots are getting through that guard, and those are uh, lesser opponents. Uh, I, I wouldn't right, say Kelbrook is a lesser opponent, man. Kelbrook is pretty, yeah. pretty solid. Uh, at that weight, a lesser opponent. 
<laughs> that, that's like Garcia is talking about going up to 154. Like, don't you do that. If anything, you need to nah, go back nah, down. Nah, go to 140. He should go back to 140. Yeah. Sorry, he, should, yeah. he shouldn't even be thinking about 154. No. Wait a no, minute. No, no, no. Go ahead, Lucas. Also, y'all reminded me of the I mean, was it you, Javi, that posted that the the Amir Khan and, and Canelo fight? Canelo was like 187 the night of the fight? Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> no wonder Amir fell so hard and was out. You know what I'm saying? Like, he should have been. <laughs> listen, listen, when, when you see the knockout, you, you, could, you could see the five years living out of his body. Like, he's going to be... He's probably gonna live five years shorter because of that one punch from Canelo. That was a bad punch. I don't know that. Kirkland fight was that was a big shot too. He kind of like spent around and fell out. Like I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was an out of body experience for Amir Khan. <clears throat> but um, we we got to go in now to the, call that the predictions, guys. <laughs> Uh, Rob, I'm coming to you first okay. uh, because I'm going to make a prediction of your prediction, and I believe you're going with Canelo. <laughs> <laughs> look, okay, look. To rebuttal everything everybody say, okay, especially when Javier and Shakura went on about Triple G um, stopping. <laughs> When he put Canelo on the back foot and he hit the ropes in the corner, he stopped because Canelo would land a combination, and that stopped him dead in his tracks. He went no further. And what again, to me, tri- Triple G. Again, to me, Triple G is one-dimensional, but he's damn good at it. And I would even say that even at times he will tease when he has you backed up in the corner where he won't throw any shots. He'll sit there and lean in, kind of kind of trying to pick and shoot, choose his shots and then land some thunderous body shot like he did um, earlier on in his career when he one punch knocked out in the body, um, Martin, I believe. But the thing is, is Canelo's no slouch, period. And that's why he stopped Triple G dead in his tracks when he hit the corners and hit the ropes and landed a combination because he actually felt that power. And he didn't want to lose the fight, so he didn't want to pursue anything to possibly get in trouble or knocked out. Now, going into this fight, Canelo, I can tell, Canelo revamped everything. He slimmed down. He wants to get quicker, but to Lucas' dismay, he doesn't want to get quicker to run. Canelo's not a runner. He never has ran. No. He wants to get quicker with the punches. He wants to get quicker with the punches so he can have that hand speed and sting Triple G and land more combinations. Also, Canelo's big best attribute is he can fight off the back foot. And with Triple G style, that's to his advantage. So when he lands that combination that thunderous combination, he just needs to follow up with it by going forward and landing more. I think they will trade shots like this with Triple G landing um, and backing him up into the ropes early in the fight in like the first four rounds, and Canelo will start to go back and forth. They'll go back and forth early in the fight. Later on, though, Canelo, Canelo starts to counter more often 
landing more shots, then starts to put Triple G on the back foot. I think in the second half of the fight, Canelo dominates him. I think they go back and forth in the first uh, couple of rounds. I have Canelo winning one knockout, giving him a one-point victory. Oh, one knockdown, okay. One knockdown, giving Uh, him a one-point victory. (laughs) So, I have never what? heard such a long prediction in my life. Oh, my goodness. Right. Oh, it was beautiful. I agree. It was beautiful. What was you the went, end went, result, Lucas? What did he say? What was the, what was the synopsis? That, that of wasn't the even a prediction, okay? That, that was a fortune telling. <laughs> like, that's what that was. But uh, like, Rob, the fortune teller predicted Canelo by close decision. Oh, okay. Right. Now, guys, uh, let me let me interrupt you here. I'm sorry to cut in because I almost got to go. Uh, Robert went Stephen A. Smith on me earlier, so I'm about to go skip Bayless on him right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Go skip. Go skip. So, Robert, uh, I, I agree with the things that you said, but one thing that I cannot disagree in this life or the next one is when you said that at the second uh, part of the fight, Canelo's going to kind of punch more. Uh, it's been proven <laughs> that Canelo actually gasps out. His stamina becomes yeah. an, a, a factor on the second part of the fight. So I doubt it that he's going to be on his toes bouncing around when, you know, he, but while throwing hard punches and countering. I, I, I doubt it. Yeah. But he's known to fade. I do get the point of him being slimmer, so he's probably going to be quicker on his feet. Thank because you. to be honest, Thank to be you. fair with him, that actually that was working for him. Whenever he stopped to trade punches with Triple G, that wasn't the game. Whenever he will counter and move and be light on his feet, that was when actually it would look good on him. So if that's what they're trying to do, that's the best, the best game plan. But I've been through a few gyms in, in my life, and usually guys like Triple G that are quiet, that are nice, they have this thing inside of them. Once you turn that on, that person becomes this monster. So that's mm-hmm. what we're going to see on Saturday. And I think it's going to go 12 rounds, but Triple G is going to win more decisively unless unless we have another bullshit result, bullshit judge score. And my prediction <laughs> will be unanimous decision, but I also have another prediction. I predict that there's going to be some DS going around with the hand wraps. Watch it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I almost uh, well said, Javi. Yeah, I almost forgot well, about well him. Said. <laughs> well, well said, Javi. I, I commend you. That was well said. That was a great rebuttal. Uh, uh, but the hand wrap situation, I don't agree with. <laughs> <laughs> Not agree with that. Uh, There's a, the stacking, the stacking um, gate, stacking incident, whatever they want to call <laughs> it. That was not stacking. You can put gauze in there. We all seen fighters put gauze in there. We know that. Okay, look, 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 look. It, it, it's basically the holding rule. Our, a lot of clinches happen, but some refs are going to call you on it. And that's basically all it is. is it's just like the rest of boxing. It's all, um, it's all what they feel like basically allowing. So that, that's right. what it comes down to, basically. What state you're mm-hmm. in and, and what person you got, you know, from the committee. It's, it's, is, is that 
damn stupid. I mean, it, it's angering because boxing does not have that one generic rule set, which it needs desperately. Needs. Yeah. Uh, we we need a set thing. I don't care if you're in Nevada. You should be able to get the same medication that you get in New York or in Florida. I don't give a shit. We need to unify this because it's angering and frustrating. Right. And it allows people to, in other words, cheat. I mean, sure, it's allowed in that one state, but but it <laughs> it's not anything that uh, and we we can do about it. But move forward. So uh, I agree. I, I think I can definitely see some bullshit with the hand wraps. But when it comes down to it, if the committee says it's legal, it's legal. Okay. So the Nevada staff, State Athletic Commission is probably going to say yes. You know, that's fine. Go ahead with it. Um, but my prediction is kind of be the opposite of Rob in a way. Um, I, I definitely think he's gearing more towards boxing. Um, Golovkin does cough the ring well, but he doesn't move completely fast enough. Um, he's definitely a little lighter on his feet, Canelo is, than Golovkin. Um, and you could see it in, in the first fight that he was actually able to get away from it at times and, and not allow Golovkin to cut off the ring, um, which – he planned to take full advantage of in this fight, where I think is a, a slight mistake for Canelo. Because like we said earlier, I think it's mainly because of nerves, mainly because, oh, this is my first really big fight. He, you forget, guys, he's been calling people out and asking for these big fights, and he's keep having to fight Willie Monroe and um, Daniel Gill, guys that were good or guys that are good and they were just past the prime, um, some guys that are B guys, um, but – He's been dying for this opportunity. He wants to show the world that he's the best, and he couldn't get it. He cannot get that opportunity. But um, right. I think that was part of the reason of why, you know, he wasn't on his A game. He wasn't on the the, the cut off the ring as well as he did. Um, so I think Canelo is going to have a hard time. He's he's going to still be able to get away from him early because he already knows that he can't hurt him. He knows he can't knock out Golovkin. He already tried, and that's clearly not going to be the case that he goes with. So he's, he's going to try to box, and that's going to be fine. But what you realize is with less body mass is going to be punches hurt more, and they're more effective, and he's more vulnerable. And he's going to win early. And, in fact, I see a widespread Canelo uh, decision going late, but then Golovkin stops him late, 11 rounds. Eleven round stoppage for for Golovkin. Okay, okay. Lucas, you kind of close to what I was gonna predict. I'm not gonna go into this long drawn out, you know, soliloquy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm gonna say Triple G. I'm going for eighth round knockout, and I am gonna say this is depending on Canelo not coming into the ring weighing one eighty seven. Again, and he actually sticks to being slim and moving around in the ring. But I do think at the smaller weight, he is going to start to thin out and and be a little bit, you know, tired. So I think Triple G, eight, eighth round knockout. Whoa. Nice. I, want, I want to make another small prediction. <laughs> and I want to say that, that Golovkin actually surprises some people with his boxing ability. Uh, I expect him to fully set some traps in this fight. 
for Canelo and actually let Canelo come to him at times. Okay. All right. Yeah, definitely. Anybody else have anything else to say before we end this uh, amazing show that we've had? It's three to one again. Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to say anything, but you actually talked me into it when you started talking about how, you know, last time at the PED possibility time, he was hitting Canelo with some, you know, solid shots, and that's what backed him out. So I'm like, well, he ain't going to have that this time. So I gave the edge to Triple G even more. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> We've seen Golovkin, like, always nice, and he's nice, and he kicks the shit out of these people. <laughs> he's got he's got Golovkin mad at him, man. I, I don't know what a, a mad Golovkin is gonna do. Um, you might have thing. to reel that in a little bit. That's <laughs> That's all right, guys. Well, thank you all for coming. <laughs> well, I know I'm looking forward to it. That's all I know. I want to see how mad he really is. <laughs> well, I I definitely think that uh, it's going to be a great fight. Still, um, it. I also have another small prediction that it, we could see a third one. Uh, too much money in these not to. That also depends on the sale. Oh, for sure. And and on the result, obviously, of uh, Saturday night. But um, I, for I think a, a third one would be mandatory. Possibly. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure on the rematch clause on these, but Canelo, Canelo, the A-side usually has the rematch clause, so – that means if Golovkin wins, there'll probably be a rematch, yeah. But uh, right. for Rob, Sakura, and Javier, thank you all for coming on. No problem, okay, man. Y'all people have a good Thanks. night. Thanks, Lucy. Can't wait for Saturday. Yep. All right, y'all. All right, don't start no fights. Y'all do win. <laughs> <laughs>